Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Politics Podcast with Malcolm Clark and Liam Carr. It is the 11th of January 2015. And I'm going to hand straight over to Liam Carr. I wish him a very good evening. Welcome to the podcast, Liam. And you can start us off with tonight's topics. Thanks very much, Malcolm. Unfortunately, we have to start with the attacks in Paris. Then we'll move on to the Tory pledge to be more anti-union should they cling on to power after the next general election. Uh, Ed Miliband this morning on Andrew Marshall said that energy companies should have a legal duty to pass on falls in energy prices. And it absolutely shows his willingness to take on the big energy uh, firms. We've got the TV, TV debates and Cameron running scared and some local issues as well. So first, sadly, we're going to have to start by discussing the attacks in Paris where journalists at a satirical magazine, which is a bit, I suppose, like our, like a French version of Private Eye, mm-hmm. um, have been murdered when, when they were at work. Two people have stormed the building and, and just executed them while they're in the workplace and also killed a policeman and after really Paris has been scared and, and living in a state of fear and these people were caught the next day hiding on an industrial estate and this sort of thing is just brings it home that that we think that terrorism is something that happens somewhere else and it doesn't happen on our doorsteps but this is a major European capital and the what's been good to see if anything good can come out of this is the solidarity and the marches that have gone on today um, really against the the all the ideals of, of curtailing free speech and of being um, really being against our values and more than a million people took part in Paris and in, in cities and towns around France and across Europe in protest against these attacks yeah I mean this has been probably the shocking story I know we didn't have a show last week but um, this has been the shocking story of this week and these things do pop up from from seemingly nothing and just sort of appear and become a massive mark on history. It seems to be that it, it could happen anywhere. I mean, we've had, you know, I guess not a huge amount of these instances, but when they do happen, the reaction from the people in Paris shows and it's reassuring in a way that the majority, 99.999% of people, with more than a million people turning out to march for, for unity, um, is is somewhat reassuring that this isn't like a, a cancer that's spreading in our society, but it only takes one person with a gun, with with an ideal, and they go around ruining the, the lives of others. I feel particularly sorry for for Charlie Hebdo, the magazine. I mean, these magazines are written somewhat tongue in cheek, um, and and it's very very sad that people get so offended by things that they say. Um, I read a lot of these types of things to keep abreast as to what the satirical side of society are thinking because we, we have to have a, a large spread of what's going on. But a lot of the, these magazines exist to make sales and people are doing their work. I'm sure everyone who works for that magazine uh, enjoys what they do. 
has worked hard to get to work there and I hope that can continue and I hope that they can be made safe. When these things happen, Liam, do you not think that it reawakens us that a lot of the time we can sometimes feel a little bit exposed uh, because we're just at work, you know, the doors are open and people knock on the door. You will meet anybody at your work to talk about issues and you just don't expect this to happen on your doorstep. And it, I guess the danger is that we sort of regress as a society, we sort of move inwards. Yeah, the reaction to it has is, is been overwhelmingly positive because obviously these are Islamic extremists and what we can't have is a is a backlash to say that multiculturalism has failed and that we and and that our society can't work and people of different faiths can't live together because that is the absolutely wrong approach and it's the incorrect response to these attacks um, these extremists don't represent the majority of Muslims just the same as um, back in the troubles in Northern Ireland that um, the IRA represented the majority of Catholics it's, it's um, and it's ridiculous to, to state that but my only fear at, at times like this is that then anti-Islamic sentiment gets brewed up and, and whipped up by extremists and um, and it can cause more more trouble and more problems and, and tensions within our communities which is not what anyone wants to see No and I think it, it goes without saying that there are um, for the hopes of the PC where there are mad people in, with strange views and, and extremist views and irrational views from every area of society and whoever of those whether they be Muslim Caucasian any ethnic background they choose to act on those and affect other people then that's clearly a, a huge problem for those who are caught up in that and I guess you know all I can say is that I was massively touched by reading about the unity rally well when they said they were having it I expected like you know 10,000 people so to see a million people have been moved to come out just shows the abhorrence that the majority of the world holds against these actions yeah that's right Dad. and just to to really finish on that our thoughts are with the families of those journalists killed and the police officers killed and um, we'll move on to far more trivial matters in, in the political world now okay so uh, another thing that that's right up in Liam's wheelhouse is the uh, the Tory announcements about uh, anti-trade union law that's potentially coming in and Liam wrote on his blog liamrcar.blogspot.co.uk if you look for the post he put on Sunday the 11th of January today uh, the Conservatives pledged to be more anti-trade union and uh, Liam do you want to just describe the sentiment you've made in those articles? Yeah it's a, it's a strange pledge to make for your election because obviously political parties when they're in power um, to try and stay in power you put in election pledges of what you're going to do and what your vision for the country is if you're lucky enough to be re-elected. And this is a strange one, and it represents a, a real retreat for the Conservative Party, because what they're saying is is that a strike ballot will no longer be a simple majority, as most elections are. You have a simple majority, you get most of the votes, and then that's what happens. Um, well, thereafter, a minimum level of votes, so 40% of members have to vote in favour of strike action. Now, this isn't the same for any other elections. We've had low turnout elections. Some council elections are pretty low turnout. Uh, police commission elections were, were pretty low turnout. And I just don't think it's the biggest issue that we should be discussing right at the minute. And it is a, a real retreat back to their old ways. And it, it it's an outdated view of trade unionism that everyone's ready to go on strike at the drop of a hat. It is a last resort. Most employers work with unions to try and um, really make lives better for people that work in, in companies and employers have a pretty forward thinking it just seems the Conservatives are out of step 
Uh, there are changes to employment law I would like to see. For example, restrictions in the use of exploitative zeros contracts. And workers' rights, or, or workers having too many rights is not a problem. It's that they've got too few rights. It's that they're working zero hours contracts. They've got too few hours. They're working in precarious jobs. And I'd like to see that addressed rather than this sort of um, lurch to the right that we're seeing. I've, I didn't really understand this one. I found myself searching around when you, when you said you wanted to discuss it tonight. I was having a read of your, your post. And I thought, you know, trying to work out why they would do it. You know, do, are, are they tapping into some sort of view that they've got that I think is wrong, uh, erroneous, to be honest, that this would exist? But do they sense a, an anti-trade union surge? It's, it's quite odd that the reason they would do this. Like you said, Liam, you put things out that people are going to like. And they, they know the majority of people who are in a union won't like this. Uh, it's a very, very odd pledge. And I just hope they keep making them because I think it works right. Yeah, it is strange. It is out of step. Yeah. Maybe 30 years ago, when we are in the midst of the miners' strike, you could see that they were trying to have a battle with the unions. But, I mean, times have moved on. It's just the Conservative Party hasn't. Yeah, simple as that, really. So we're going to move swiftly on to our next topic. And uh, the Ed Miliband's interview now, this is another one that Liam wanted to discuss, so I'm going to retreat again. Just like you, you, have you got nothing you want to talk about today, Malcolm? You got I want no to talk topics. About, I want to talk about what you want to talk about. Are you, are you I'm sure? with you all the way. Yeah, I'm, well, this is a good. This is a really good topic, actually. So I'm looking forward to saying my piece on this. All one. right, that's fine. Well, <laughs> well, uh, well, I'll tell you what the what the policy is. It's what Ed Miliband's called for this morning. Is that new power should be given to firms, to um, to government? Sorry, to cause energy firms to pass on uh, falls in energy prices because they're not doing it. We've seen a massive fall in the oil price. Uh, but what we're not seeing is our bills aren't, aren't going down. And it's just another example of the Labour Party being prepared to stand up to vested interests. And it shows that the, the next Labour government, led by Ed Miliband, will be different from the last one. We've got crude oil is below $50 a barrel, but our um, energy bills aren't falling. We've seen some movement in petrol and diesel prices. I mean, still expensive, and that's, that's a welcome change. But you would not only expect the fall in petrol and diesel to, to help. You'd also expect that transport of goods would be falling as well, which means the prices at the supermarket should, should be falling. We're, ne- we're, ne- we're not seeing savings made because of the falling oil, oil price passed on to consumers. And I think Ed's right to raise it. Well, I think that the actual proposal that he's making to um, make give off Jim the powers to force him to pass on the savings is, is essential. I mean, we all know there's a cost of living crisis. People are working precarious zero hour contracts. They're struggling to pay the bills. And the wholesale costs of, of gas, for example, down 20%, um, is not reflected in the prices at all, not even a little bit. So, you know, 20% more profit, basically, or, you know, potential of 20% more profit if you're you're not dropping your prices. So is that fair? I would suggest not. If they increase the, the price by 20% to get the same profit, we'd be all up in arms. I mean, we should be equally up in arms when they're not decreasing it. The profit's not affected. The share price that we all know is so important to them won't be affected because the profit levels are the same on at the bottom line. They can pass on the savings with no damage, but they're not doing it. So well, they pass then, on the increases very quickly, don't they, Martin? Absolutely, they pass on the increases instantly because they'll write to you and they spend millions writing to all their customers to tell you that they're increasing it by a certain amount because of prices, and then an eerie silence occurs when when it goes the other way. And unless we highlighted that this was happening, you know, I didn't know the gas price was was coming down. You know, I don't follow those markets. Some people will, but I, the, I think general customers don't. So they're just they're just sitting struggling while they rake in the profits. So for me, if they're not prepared to do it, 
let's legislate so Ofgem can, and let's give them the powers to enforce it as well. And we can do it before an election as well. So there's still parliamentary time left. We've got fixed term parliaments. And what tends to happen is, well, what has happened is you've got this sort of year where you just don't have any legislation. So it's down to the Labour Party, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to bring forward a proposal to legislate within this parliament. And let's just see how the Tories vote. If they're voting with the interests of their constituents at heart, we might well see some consensus and we'll take on the energy firms and they can pass on savings to customers. But I don't see it myself. No, uh, these votes, these proposals from Labour do tend to go in one direction, only fully backed by the Lib Dems on the other on the other side. Um, in terms of, of just quickly mentioning before you go on to the, our second last topic, Liam, about the fixed term parliaments, that's really the, the really big downside of it is that they're now playing safe. They don't want to do anything that's going to light the press up. If you can, th- if you recall before the last election, at this point now into the new year, the press would be writing, you know, Cameron to call the election next week. Yeah, you know, that's those, right. Yeah, we're not, right. we're not getting those now. So what we are, what we do have is a complete inertia. Um, I was talking to an MP the other day who said there was uh, one three-line whip last week that fell. Right. For Labour, you know, so there's not a single three-line whip last week. Nothing is happening in Parliament. It's, it's basically docile, awaiting May the 7th or 8th, whichever the day is. It takes a bit of the drama out of it as well, Mark. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. If if there wasn't fixed-term parliaments, people would be saying Cameron's scared, which is really linked to our next chapter topic, because it seems he's also scared to debate. They'd be Gordon, with wouldn't they? They would be saying, yeah, call the election, what, what's he playing at? And, and he would look very weak. But the fixed-term parliament, um, I don't... I think we get into this trap as politicians. I mean, me, you, and probably most of our listeners are probably well into politics, so we could debate... All three of them. Uh, yeah, we, we could debate a few more than that, Morgan, but we can debate these sort of changes um, till the cows come home. But, I mean, really, um, members of the public are concerned with, with policies which directly affect them. So we've got um, wages that are stagnated, we've got prices that are still going up to... And, and these sort of things are what we should be talking about. But yeah, you're right. The government is just limping on towards the election. And uh, it's something we'll have to look at in the next parliament. I mean, the only positive thing you get from that, very, very quickly, because we'll move on, is that in theory, knowing that you've got five full years, you should get like radical change at the beginning of a parliament. We didn't get that either. Uh, we just got blamed about you know what difficulties there was. Um, hopefully, if we can get in, we can make some of that big change next time. But we're going to... For now, as we await May the 7th or 8th, move on to our second off last topics. And it does relate to leading up to the election, and it is the the ever-popular, quote-unquote, uh, TV debates. And the big fight at the minute is who's going to be on them. And uh, he, over to you, That's Dave. right. David Cameron is using the Green Party, of, of all people, to try and... Well, well, yeah, I've got nothing against the Green Party. They've, they've got some quite good policies. Um, anyway... He's using the Green Party as a lever to try and say, well, I'm not going to debate unless the Green Party's invited. And I really don't understand why he's going on about the format of these debates. He really wanted them when he wasn't in power, when he was leader of the Conservative Party. And now it seems now he's in power that he's running scared. And, and I'm happy to debate with members from all political parties. I'm sure I'll have Huston's coming up and the bookings for those are already coming in. And obviously the Conservative sitting MP will be there. Um, the Greens will put forward a candidate there. UKIP will be there. The Lib Dems will be there for, for all the good that they'll do. Um, so that's fine. And we're all willing to debate our ideas because that's what politics should be about. It should be about ideas. Um, 
with people who, who may not agree. And I just don't understand why he's using the Green Party in this way. It, it, it seems he doesn't want to have an open debate that can be watched by everybody because not everyone can get along to a Hustons. And we saw with the Scottish elections, the TV debates were, were well watched and, um, and they did have an effect and, and they increased voter turnout. So, yeah, I think he should, he should have a debate. What do you think the format should be, Marvin? Uh, um, have you given your preferred format? I haven't yet. You haven't yet. He's going to keep that one back for you just to add to the suspense. Um, I, I am going to be. I don't know. Uh, it is a difficult one. I, I think. I think you have to have one with the. It's about well, where do you make the cut off though? Because if you say the five biggest parties, and obviously the sixth party last time will kick off and say they want someone on. I think you have. It has to be sensible. I think, for me, I would have Labour, Tory, UKIP, Lib Dem, and Greens, and I think I would draw the line there. I think based on the fact that all of those five have shown strong electoral performances in one way or another, either in Europe, getting a lot of votes. And I think that's a sensible way to go. What about the SNP? The SNP, I would probably, uh, I think, go for using BBC Scotland. I would organise their own because they have specific issues that are only in Scotland. You're not going to get a SNP, I don't think, standing in Dover or the Isle of Wight that can offer anything to a national debate. Obviously, it's very, of great interest to people in Scotland, and I do think those debates should take place with their respective part, uh, national leaders. I think that's also about respecting the increase in sort of independence within the United Kingdom that Scotland's going to get. Um, but I think in terms of England, I think people want to hear from the five big parties. There's plenty of debate that can go on with those. But I, perhaps, I know that I already know what your preferred options are, but I do think that perhaps a, a government... Um, debate should take place between but again you could argue that all five of those could have a role in in some sort of coalition depending on the results so maybe there's, for me it's one debate of five well, Right, I think there should be three debates I think the first one should be the five debate that you're talking about and um, then we should go to a three debate and Greens and UKIP might not like this but in terms of popular support and parliamentary representation um, the three biggest parties are still uh, the Conservatives, Labour and the Lib Dems. We'll see how the Lib Dems do after the next general election. And then a final, if you like, the grand final between um, government, uh, which would be the Conservatives with David Cameron taking on Ed Miliband head-to-head just before the election. I think that would be quite good. And it's up to the broadcasters to see what they want to do. And if Cameron still is running scared and he doesn't want to do these debates, I would literally put an empty chair there and uh, just debate without him. Yeah, just in terms of questioning you on, on your preferred choice, obviously that would may well be what happens. Um, there'd obviously be a big press furore if UKIP were excluded. I'm particularly coming on the on the three debate, not so much the two, but the three debate. That would be like a prime minister's showdown. Oh, well, but in terms of the three, how would you know that? The, would you think that that would there be traction in no, that? No, just get Clegg and Farage in the room and they can sort it out between They've themselves. They've already done that and it was... Uh, it was a bit rubbish one. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch it yeah. Uh, but I'll... I'll for me, the last point on this for me is that what I hate about these, and to be fair, this is a hack uh, view. This is not a... What, like a journalist view? Any... I'm a political hack. All oh, right. It's a political okay. hack view about this, which is clearly not shared by 95% of mm. the country, is I didn't like the way it was just like populism versus sensible like considerations that have to be made you know there's things in politics that have to be decided on that aren't generally Malcolm, you've got to be loved. popular it's a democracy you've got to have the but most votes so i agree with that but it's therefore the, populism is going to i'm on about the flagrant populism that's like so give us an example Martin. 
I can't give you an example. Um, just anything, just the way Farage talks about immigration, for example, it just feeds into this kind of view that people yeah. have, that this kind of, and, and practically speaking, for example, we need to control our borders. He knows fine well we're in the European Union, we can't do it. And I think we need to be having sort of, we need to be getting away from these kind of fashionable We can things. control our borders, Martin. The Conservatives have sacked border staff. Yeah. It, and so that, all that does, if you sack your border force, then it makes it easier for people who aren't meant to be here to be here. So you can control Well, I'm on about like the issue they have specifically a concern of EU, EU immigration, which clearly we don't have any control over at all. But in, in terms of, yeah. in terms of that, I just don't like the way that's brought into everything. I want, I want conversations about the stuff that really matters, not the fashionable arguments, not so much the arguments themselves, where you stand on them. We, we have an issue with the, with the economy, local government, that's the sort of things I want to hear about, and I don't think we'll get to hear about them. I think. So you want to see stuff. you want to hear meaty political debates, obviously. I want the the politics that the the, the 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 quiet man on the street wants to hear about, not necessarily these arguments that are shouted by the loud campaigners who are against immigration, who are against uh, everything else that's very loudly shouted about. I want it. I want to know about the economy, the NHS, and I want to know about local government specifically, because I think the services that affect me. You know, when my bin gets emptied every two weeks rather than every week. That, that's an issue that affects me. Yeah, I think you make a good point there, Margaret. I, I make a bad point. There. I made it badly. I should you really... make a good point badly, that's right, <laughs> Thank you. I'll take it. Okay, so um, Liam has been active, as you, we will be not be surprised to hear, in Hexham over the past few weeks, uh, over the New Year period. In and the Hexham constituency, yeah. I was out Had on any Saturday. problems with ice? No, it's not no. too bad. We've been quite lucky with the weather. Yeah, I've been out listening to um, residents in, in Fudder. And the main issues that come up are, are local issues like traffic and just normal sort of county council issues that, that come up. And it's quite good. We've got a Labour mayor who's on the county council and also um, obviously on the town council. I can pass on any concerns to them. So we do work as a team in the, in the Labour Party to address local issues. And then national issues, the NHS keeps coming up again and again and again with people, especially if you've had to attend A&E over the Christmas period. Um, these weights that and this ambulances queuing outside hospitals and and trolley weights of over four hours. So they're the main things that are coming up on the doorstep. And um, a lot of people do agree we need a change of government. And it's going to be very interesting as we move towards the general election to see. Um, I mean, I do more listening than I do talking on the doorstep just to listen to people's ideas and 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 see where people are at. Because really, that's what should inform policy. We should we should. Yes, you've got the lead, but you also have to listen to the public as well. Absolutely. You know, just on, on that in terms of listening, Liam, uh, totally something way out of left field and I haven't given him prior notice of this, so I'm very naughty. Um, in terms of engagement, do you back any sort of electronic voting app that is very severely invested in for security things? Because people always say, oh, it can get hacked or it can get you know manipulated in some way. No, I'm a, I think you should have to go to the polling station with a pencil. If you need to apply for a postal vote, you can. Mm -hmm. And I think that's absolutely right that you can get a postal ballot if you're going to be away or if you, your job necessitates like different hours that you can't get to the polling station. Or if you're confined to, to the home, then you can get a, a postal vote. But other than that, I'll be going to vote, actually, on the election day. And I'll, I will put my X on a box with a pencil. And one of the great things about our democracy is with that pencil, you can change who runs your country. And it brings us full circle back to the first topic we talk about, that, that with, with cartoons and with uh, a pencil, you can, you can change ideas. And you can also change your government, and, and that's how I think it should be done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can look at it for the future, but um, yeah, I think it's about right that we've, we've got it at the minute. So what I'm going to do, everyone, just as we're, we're leading up to the election, and obviously times are getting tricky 
for for Liam in terms of the hard work he's got to put in on the doorstep, and I'm sure he loves doing it, but it's uh, it's leading up. So what I'm going to do is every week, Liam, I'm going to get three questions that you haven't had prior sight of. We're going to test your agility, political agility, and if anyone's got any questions, you can tweet at me, at Mal255. Not, not, don't tweet me, just tweet Mal. Tweet me, because Liam gets a lot of uh, tweets, and not all of you will you'll be able no, to. No, because then I won't see any questions. If you tweet right, Mal. Tweet, tweet at me, at Mal255. Good idea, Mal. And uh, if you have any questions for Liam, we'd love to hear them. And uh, if they're difficult questions, you'll still have a go at them. Uh, you might not agree with what he says, but he will answer them. Um, so if you have, and if you if you don't get any questions, I'll try and make some up, and uh, we'll have some fun with that towards the end of the shows to keep it. Do light. we need a hashtag? Ask Liam. Hashtag ask Liam. I like it. Dear, I think Liam. it's a one direction hashtag though. Okay, well, ask Liam Carr. <laughs> <laughs> have to do. Ask, ask Liam Carr. We're getting yeah. into three. Ask, hashtag ask Liam Carr. That's right. And if we got one, believe me, we'd both be over the moon. So please do so. And in the meantime, thank you very much for listening to our podcast and for getting right to the end. Um, it's the 11th of January. We will be back on the 18th. Hashtag ask Liam Carr. We'd love to hear from you. And thanks for listening to the Politics Podcast about Monday. We'll see you next week. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.